Hello everybody in podcast land, I hope you're well. Um, it's been oh, a bit more than a week now, I think, since I did the last episode. And over the last couple of days, it's been very much on my mind to get back on and, uh, you know, do another one for you good people, for you lovely people that have had a listen and uh, and also become a follower or, yeah, just try to get it working because... Uh, it seems that it perhaps is a little bit challenging to to link this podcast with some of the uh, the people that are trying to, and I, I really do appreciate your efforts to to click on there and put the link through and, and try and work it out. Um, the the first time I looked at it, I seemed to have no problems with it through the browser, so I, I certainly didn't anticipate any sort of stressful problems. So I don't know if it's inherent to that the Podbean app um, or if it's just a a certain little error with this linking but I'm looking at uh, ways to simplify it for you so hopefully there's a few options so if you do have an Apple device then it's easy for you to listen on you know iTunes or if you're a big Spotify person perhaps we can get it working on there as well both of those are options and I'm, I'm looking into them so Thank you very much for trying, firstly. Thank you for your ongoing patience. And I will hopefully try to branch this out so it can be heard on other platforms. Uh, I hope everyone's had an enjoyable week and, and an enjoyable weekend. Hopefully you got to pursue something that gives you pleasure, whether it's just sitting down for 10, 15 minutes and reading a good book, or these days, you know, an e-book or listening to an audio book. There's so many ways to enjoy uh, literature now. So hopefully you get a chance to do something. So whether it's something like that or it's a little bit more extreme, uh, I hope you had the chance to enjoy it. I had a bit of a, a mixed experience over the weekend. Sort of tried to tinker a little bit. Perhaps didn't find my my sort of comfort level with with tinkering just didn't feel like I was achieving much like making a great big mess but not really getting any any finished article out of it but that's all right I got to expect that and sometimes that's good to to nut out the little issues that come up and and kind of once you get the breakthrough it's it's all the more enjoyable for it as well um yeah, and I was chatting to Iro. I'm going to try and refer to him as Iro because that is his, his online uh, name. And we were ch- chatting about the content of the podcasts and and what's enjoyable well, for him specifically, but, but also that ties into the interests that I mentioned in the first episode, perhaps touched on briefly last episode. And, and that was canoeing and a particular adventure that we had uh, a few years ago now, sadly, <laughs> it hasn't been repeated many times since, but it's one of those that it's sort of, I think because it is, it was a rare thing, it's really stood out as one of those great experiences that uh, we got to have, and I think it was good as a as friends to experience, but I think as individuals too, because it was a bit of a, it had its cruisy, relaxed kind of I don't want to say boring sections, but it was it had that it had that sedate part of the the journey, the canoe journey, but it also had some drama as well. So, if you would uh, please give me your <laughs> your patience and 
let me warble on for a while. I thought I'd just sort of retell it as best I can. And you might just enjoy it listening to somebody else's ridiculous way of going through their own uh, experience, mistakes and all, warts and all. Now, I can't even remember the year now, come to think of it, but I think it was uh, maybe 2014 and or 2013. You know what? Could have been 2013. And I had bought my canoe, which I've touched on in, in the previous episodes, uh, and I had done a little bit of work restoring it. I'd put in some seats, some hardwood seats, uh, slatted merbu ones, which look lovely, but they're not great on the butt after a long time. So that's just, just putting it in there to begin with. And I guess starting to think about the different sorts of journeys that we could do. And, <clears throat> I mean, Victoria as a state is full of many, many different waterways. And I suppose until you want to start using them for the purpose of kayaking or canoeing, rafting, just whatever the water sport is or activity, you don't realise just how many. Because, and they're all graded, and people have done the hard work and graded them all and and written books about the different sections and where you can do white water rafting, where you can do a little bit of, I guess, fun paddling, touring, which is the, the more sedate, relaxed, you know, multi-day trips. And it's fantastic, really. It's very, very comprehensive, the, the stuff that you can get online and in book form as well. Now, I had this book that I'd bought uh, off eBay, but a couple of Australian paddlers, as I'll call them, had compiled a, a list personally that they'd done with some very simple maps just to indicate where they felt some good sections were in relation to the different levels of different skill levels, uh, your different purposes, whether it's a day trip, whether you could use multiple cars to, to bring your, um, you know, your, your vessels back to, back to home and everything, um, and, and so forth. So, I'd bought that and had a bit of a look and was trying to find something where it would be interesting but it wouldn't necessarily tax us too much because it's a bit worried about sort of jumping in over our heads, so to speak, and, and taking on something that wasn't going to be very realistic and, and not at our skill level or lack of skill level. Eero <laughs> um, and I had been out on Lilydale Lake, which is a, quite a small lake, but it's a lovely lake that's man-made. Um, in our part of the world, which is uh, in the east of Melbourne in Australia, in Victoria, which is the state, and then Australia, the country, of course. Uh, and that's where we'd sort of taken it for a maiden voyage, my canoe, once it was all ready. And, and on a couple of subsequent little journeys as well, I think did uh, another lake that's not too far from us, which is, is similar, but a little bit more exposed to the weather. And, and then that's about it. Not really tried it on anything. So I was really looking for something that would be a good way to cut our teeth uh, with a, a more touring experience. There's something that was going to be a little bit of a marathon. Uh, and the Goulburn River is a river a couple of hours north of Melbourne. And it runs from Lake Yildon, which is a, another man-made lake, but is sort of the confluence of several rivers for that area. Um, and then some are let out again 
to, to keep the levels consistent or irrigate lower lands. And the Goulburn is one that sort of runs through that the Eildon system and then down and goes all the way up and connects with the Murray River. And I'm, I don't know, maybe most people will have heard of the Murray River, but I'm fairly sure the Goulburn or one of its extensions does actually connect up with uh, the, the Murray uh, up in the north of the state. So I decided that there was a, a little section there that would be really good fun from a place called Molesworth to a place called Jinjin Bridge. Now, very, very small, completely obscure uh, places, but uh, well marked on the, this book and spoken about and made clear that, you know, there was a bridge and overpass here it would be quite obvious from the water because there weren't any other any others and so that sounded like a good idea somewhere where you could set off with relative ease uh, take one of the cars right back up to the start so you could all start together and then leave one of the cars at the end so you could all get that back up to the start again to pick up the other car and it didn't seem like too long on paper and in theory it was probably a good 15 to 20 minute drive, maybe a little bit more for the, the shuttle, which is, you know, between the two points. Uh, and we'd dropped out, well, we'd gotten up extremely early that particular day and I'd had to work very briefly. And everybody came with me, I think, if I can remember rightly. Everyone was there. We were all together and we were excited. So I did that as quickly as I possibly could. We had my canoe on the roof and we also had Eero's canoe. He recently bought himself one as well. Um, a little bit different, the two canoes, but uh, it, was, it was great to have the two because we had four of us and there was no way the four of us were going to go in mine because uh, really it's a two-person, but it can do three under duress. Um, and I'll talk about that <laughs> later. But uh, Eero's was a two-seater as well. It was just a little bit, uh, it was just a little bit shorter than mine and a different kind of make, like a moulded sort. And so we set off very early. We, we got up through uh, a place called Yay and then went over to Molesworth, found our little dig, dug in uh, clearing section, I think was the right area for our drop off. Did the drop off, got all our stuff out. You can see the river rushing past. It was actually, it is a fast river. Anyway, it's a fast-flowing river, and particularly up at the section where it's not too far from Lake Yildon, it does run very fast. And it's said that there are pebble races, which is, I think, uh, kind of where there are large sweeping bends where you have quite a lot of stone just under the surface. And um, it's, it's very close to, to the water surface. So when you pass over it, it does, it does race past and the, the water movement can, can be affected by all that, all that stone under the surface there. Uh, but quite thrilling though as well, and very beautiful, very very nice and clear when you come across those big sweeping bends, because when there are storms and extra water, when there's extra water passing through, it, um, it fills, it, it becomes a, a lot more tumultuous. So it, it would definitely churn it all up and, and keep it quite clear on those big bends where the water has to turn that sort of pulls out some of the forest and you know clears out some of the undergrowth and and becomes a broader area where sometimes you can find what you could almost say is a little beach on the inside edge 
anyway, so that would a, a pebble race would be called that. So there were many of those, and there's lots of fast sections, lots of low lying trees, and things like that. So when we set off, it was it was great. It, we probably had a few a good few hours of just enjoyable paddling. Uh, a couple of challenging bends where you've just got to anticipate the bend before you get to it so you can say well look that doesn't look like it's going anywhere else but a hard right so you know paddle really hard and I'll steer from the back here and we'll just try and pull it around out of this bend so we don't sort of get either uh, I guess pushed facing the wrong way into the other side or yeah, kind of lose something and get a bit wobbly and maybe get a bit doused in water. And at the start, that that would have been quite a terrifying uh, thing. I don't know why. You just don't know what's under rivers, particularly fast moving. There's a lot of uh, tree branches and boughs and bits and pieces and, and snags, as they're called, because they can peg you there and the current can peg you there. And I think that's probably the biggest danger with with uh, white water and canoeing and, and things like that. Yes, you can have life jackets on and you can take all the, the precautions, but there's still those freak situations where if there's a forked branch not too far beneath the surface, um, it can definitely uh, be potentially fatal. So it's, it's something to always be aware of and, and very sort of safety conscious about. So we had a good couple of hours of pretty much this, this classic touring um, idea and which was seemed really good. I, I think perhaps if anything, um, the others were probably a little bit like, oh, is this is this going to be it for the <laughs> for the duration of the day? Because we had some great scenery. Um, there were a lot of sort of willowy trees and and there were some, some nice camping grounds. And of course, at the time you think, oh, no, I'm coming back here because this is beautiful. Some really nice flat areas where you could imagine camping off the beaten track a little bit, so it's, it's quite peaceful. There'd be just one or two people there with their tent up sitting near the river, a bit, bit of fishing or just by their little fire. And, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful spot. So, yeah, it's uh, the first part was like that. It was very picturesque. There was a chance to, you know, take out your phone and take a photo and have a little bit of a, a snack, <laughs> have a chat, have a drink take the oars off the water and just rest them across the gunnels in front of you and just let the, the current sort of take it down. And it was very, it was very nice. It was, that was a, a really, like in hindsight, that was actually a really lovely big part of the experience. Um, and I think we stopped for lunch. There was quite a big section. It was quite muddy, but there was a bit more of a clearing and I think we managed to sort of stop pull up, managed to stretch our legs a little bit, have something to eat. There were some people riding their uh, their dirt bikes around nearby, so I think it was private property that we were sort of shored up against, but I don't think we were causing any problems. Uh, at, at one point as well, when we were coming through near a, a campsite, there was a, a swan that wasn't too far away from us, but it, it, uh, it came into land I think trying to intimidate because it seemed like maybe it was uh, nesting or looking after some young because it it came in with quite a dramatic landing like playing a game of chicken funny isn't it given that it's a, a swan and um, landed with a bit of fury made quite a lot of noise and did not seem scared of us at all 
uh, it was more putting on a show and it, it sort of let itself come quite close to us as we were uh, coming through and coming past it. And then as we did come past it, it made this noise. Now, I'm not going to pretend to do, to do the noise now because I, I don't think I'll do it justice. But it made this quite terrifying noise at us as if to say, uh, you can, you know where to go. Because, uh, yeah, it, and I can tell you what, never imagined that a swan would be so vicious, but it was something we won't forget because it was quite scary at the time. Because uh, Will it attack us? What sort of damage can a swan do if it's quite angry? We're not sure. So there was this uh, comfort in holding a paddle because if all else failed, I guess we just start swinging. Um, but of course, you wouldn't have taken any pleasure in it. But I think if it had attacked one of us, I think that's exactly what would have happened. Um, now, Mr. Eero, he was very happy over in his canoe uh, with our other mate, but it was causing a little bit of drama because it was uh, a little stressful. Uh, it, hard to keep it, I think, completely still, which is fair in a moving river. Um, and it was making one of them quite nervous. <laughs> and I think I think that was becoming a little stressful uh, for our dear friend Eero. And a bit of a challenge, I think, as well, just to, to enjoy it and relax completely. So I can't remember at what point we, we changed around the order of uh, seating, but we did actually put him on board with us as well. So we then had three people on my canoe. Now, which is no problem, but the current didn't get any better and we were coming through some much, much more challenging spaces where there was a lot of log jams and there was a few extra little branches or pockets of the river where on approach you you couldn't tell if it was the main part of the river or not and so you sort of only could make you wouldn't really be able to make a last minute decision you just had to say all right well just that looks like the main river let's stick to that and let's see how we go and a couple of times that was fine and then a couple of times i think it was unavoidable we were just going to be faced with a bit of an issue and i think in hindsight now uh, that would be where you portage which is you have to get out of the canoe and scope the the ground ahead and scope the lay of the the river and the the white water that you might have to face or a log jam and make a decision so you might decide we are potentially going to hurt damage the the craft so let's drag it up onto the bank here and carry it down past this one um, or yes we can do it but we have to go this way and we have to do it with one person and a lighter load um, and and similar sort of things but basically plan it out and take appropriate uh, course of action now probably due to the inexperience we certainly weren't thinking about anything like that it was just irritating that we that we couldn't sail we could not even say we couldn't paddle straight through these sections. Uh, one of them caused a, a bit of an issue because it was quite a tight log jam, fast water running through, and then quite a big bend. And I think we were preoccupied with uh, this approaching bend to, to position ourselves properly. And what actually happened was one of the logs that was out of the water caught me across the stomach. And I had the life jacket on. I think if I didn't have the life jacket on, I probably would have had a bit of an injury to to deal with afterwards. But um, 
it, but the entire canoe stopped and was being dragged sort of against my stomach against this tree branch and then our our mate our other friend had jumped up with obvious concern which is very sweet of him thinking that I'd been quite badly hurt I said no no, no I'm, I'm all right I'm all right don't don't worry but because in in his that moment of, of concern he'd uh, stood up in the canoe and then the whole canoe had lost its balance and took on quite a lot of water facing the current so that then proceeded to fill the hull up and we went down <laughs> so the canoe actually sank at that point not completely it's got uh, ballast in it. It's got uh, it's got also buoyancy. So the buoyancy is is up both ends. There's basically foam in either end and a sort of a sealed up, partially sealed up uh, air tank to 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 not make it go down too quickly. So it won't go past the gunnels. It'll just sink to past the gunnels. So that's exactly what it did. Everything came out, or most of the the stuff came out. We all grabbed wildly at, at what had come out, the different bags and uh, and sort of the backpacks and I think there was a few other loose pieces. And yeah, it all went off down towards the bend in the river and we all came off. So at that stage, we, we, uh, we recovered ourselves just enough, got ourselves into a little bit of an eddy where there was a little bit of calm water and picked up what we could, tried to retrieve what we could. I think at that stage, I can't remember if it was that time or the next time where we lost an actual paddle and the bailing uh, cup. There was a couple of things that we lost in that moment, but we had we, we were getting by with what we had as well, so it wasn't the end of the, the line. But it was a bit of a, a scare, and I think now that all, almost all of us had gone in, Nero hadn't, he was, <laughs> he was sitting pretty. Um, <clears throat> we, we'd all gotten wet. It was fine. It wasn't that bad. We'd all come out of it safely. I think that that was perhaps a good way to set the scene because once we realised, oh, it's all right, we just need 10 minutes out of the water, tip the canoe over, get all the water out, give everything a moment to squeeze out and shake it off, etc. And off we go again, and it'll all be fine. Um, but then... Unfortunately, we came across another one that was even more severe and we hit it at speed and it was just below the surface of the water. Our canoe hit it at uh, probably a tiny amount of speed, but it had the three of us in it. So a hole actually got smashed into the, the left almost underside and water started pouring in. So for all intents and purposes, that was the end of that. So the canoe sank again. Just after that log jam, there was a very calm and very deep and very cold little pool of water. And it was at that time of day, because this was in April, I, I think, where it wasn't daylight savings time anymore, which we have here, but it was still early enough in the year that you have a bit of light. It's not too cold, but it was just getting to that time of the day, and it was very, very... Uh, it was, I don't know, it was a very murky little spot. And something about that spot was very soul-destroying in terms of how it made us feel. So I think after our previous experience coming through it and then getting out of it with, you know, relative ease, we'd, we'd felt pretty good about everything. And then this particular experience was uh, kind of... It took the wind out of us. 
because the canoe this time seemed like it was completely out of action. And yeah, we, we had a bit of a low point there where I think everyone was a little uncertain about what was going to happen. We certainly all weren't going to hop on uh, Eero's canoe and float out of there. And uh, there was some discussion. Once we'd pulled the canoe into this little cold pit, <laughs> hellish pit of water, and over into this little swamp area in this uh, dingy, low-lying, muddy section of, of water, uh, we were talking about walking out of there. But pretty much as long as we got out of there, I think everyone was starting to feel like that that was our option. You know, let's, let's just walk out of here. We'll go and tell someone and maybe we can get a lift back up to one of the cars or something like that. And I must admit, I was feeling a bit despondent in that moment. I was feeling quite, quite lost for, for ideas and words of encouragement. And I think it was a sort of distinct, distinct reaction from everybody. Everybody had a slightly different reaction to the other. And um, yeah, I think that we all dealt with it in our, in our own way. I won't go into specifics because you know always nice to think that we're all we're all great and all really positive and we get out of it but in the end what we'd what we worked out was we could use a, a dry bag on the canoe hole and then wrap duct tape around it and that would seal off the hole because of course once it's back in the water the water will then just push the bag against that space anyway so even if it was a slow leak we were going to be on the move so quite exciting really We'd, uh, the bag, we managed to, to wrap this duct tape around it. It didn't look great, but I tell you what, it was a workable repair. And it got us back on the water once everything was out. We just had to get out of that spot because it was a bit of a tricky little swampy bit there with this huge amount of log jam. Very, very quite dangerous little section. So we managed to make our way across the river. We actually crossed it without sitting in the canoe. Um, just sort of swam it, paddled it, used our life jackets and just floated across with a little bit of fierce kicking so we weren't um, sort of drawn away on the current and got ourselves to the nice, uh, like I mentioned before, nice pebble beachy bank where we could get ourselves a little bit of extra sun before we set off because we were running out of time. Uh, it was probably about 4.30 approaching 5 o'clock p.m., it probably would get dark sometime just after six and uh, we really weren't a hundred percent sure of where we were in relation to the end point uh, luckily i had just enough reception on the phone which really hadn't had any all day to to find ourselves very loosely on the gps map um, and i just could see that well there's a road crossing the river there so that must be the spot and that's only compared to where we've come from you could sort of zoom out and just do a bit of a comparison we've come from there to there and that could that on the map might have been a couple of centimeters and we have this much to left and it was probably a centimeter and a half <laughs> in comparison so we'd already done eight to nine tenths of the journey so that was very very comforting as well and i guess that gave us just that little bit little bit extra desire to get there because I think by that point uh, we, were, we had a mixture of ideas and I think if we'd been given the easy option to, to just finish up we probably would have 
So I'm really glad, I'm really proud of us all that we pulled together and just made ourselves get out of there. We, we just put it all together. It doesn't sound hugely stressful, I'm sure, to people that have been through anything worse. So I'm not claiming it's some grand, grand thing that we deserve anything for, but as a personal experience, it was just, it was just quite rewarding, I think, and, and also, yeah, promising. That, that we we dealt with it that way and still got out of it under our own steam. We got everything back in there and then probably at the point at where the sun is just about to hit the horizon, and I mean the bottom of the horizon, so it actually genuinely gets dark, that's when we saw the car. And I don't think it could have worked out any better in terms of, even if it had been 20 or 30 minutes later than when we arrived, we would have had a hard time seeing anything and I think it would have been quite silly to still be on the water at that point, especially on that fast-moving river. So it got to dusk and that was literally the point that we made it to the car. Uh, I think there was a (laughs) a mixture of relief. Maybe uh, I'm never effing doing this again. (laughs) And success as well. Success. And we got through that. That was a bit of a test that one that was thrown at us as a bit of a test and I think we came out the other side and and perhaps at the time I didn't appreciate it as much but at, through the evening uh, when I got home and I was talking to my my beloved about it and letting her sort of in on all of the stresses of the day because I didn't say much before I'd seen her I, I filled her in more when I'd actually gotten home safely and then you can go through all the drama then without the the worry because it's all got a happy ending um and i got quite animated about it all because i think i was just excited by the richness of the experience i think without that drama without that stress the the kind of the really low points that we'd gotten to that day but then also the the elated parts where we'd felt like we'd really beaten something uh it really was a, a a journey it really was just a, a little example because i mean that's just one day that we did that it's not even an overnight camping trip it was one day very early to <laughs> quite late by the time we got back but that stands out and that'll that, that'll stick with well for me for that matter for for many years as a great experience with my mates and and hopefully hopefully we'll get to do that again i think Eero and myself will uh, definitely tackle the waterways again because we have that same desire and we have that same enjoyment of canoeing. So I, I, I don't have any doubts about that in the future. And hopefully we can convince our other mates, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> I think that one was almost enough to burn them for good. But hey, you never know, never say never. Um, so I've been warbling on and I do genuinely feel like today I was warbling on. Uh, about that for the for the half hour. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been okay. If there's anything that you'd like to hear from me or have me go through in a bit more detail or not not so much detail, please don't hesitate to let me know. I, I'm all for constructive criticism as long as you're nice about it. And yeah, I'm just happy to discuss anything really. I mean, if you've got a similar adventure that you've had in the past. It could be years ago. It could have been last week. And it could have been just a walk home you had that just ended up being out of the ordinary. 
um, Eero had this habit of always finding trouble when he was in school. He always had a story about this person chased me home. This person um, let their dog loose at me. This person picked a fight with me when I was walking through a park. I've never had anything like that, so I don't know if he if he just has one of those faces that attracts trouble, or I don't know, just in the the wrong place at the wrong time. But uh, some people just seem to have little adventures all the time. My eldest son had a, an adventure the other week, and it was all completely unplanned because he intended on being home and getting there a different way. And things just went absolutely pear-shaped in a very short space of time and just saw so much in that little hour. It was like an hour of his life, you know, where it really did. You didn't know what was going to happen next. But at the same time, he'll remember that now forever. That'll stick with him. So if you have any experiences like that you'd like to share, you can can comment on these, uh, these podcasts. I'm not sure if you can comment if you're not part of it so I apologize in advance I might have to find some some way of you being able to leave those comments and and any contact details or any stories you want to share without you necessarily having to to do any of that so we'll look into that um and yeah I'd love to I'd love to talk about it more I'd love to you know sort of relay some other people's stories in relation to my own just talk about them, kind of appreciate what they meant to you, anything at all. And the uh, next time, who knows what I'll talk about. Pick something completely random. You know what? We might go World War II battlegrounds next time. You never know. I mean, that's riveting. <laughs> That'll really suck you in. Anyway, it's been great to, uh, to kill some time on this uh, very laborious drive home. It's always nice to, to kill some time doing this. So thank you very much for listening uh please come back for more if you enjoyed it let me know if i do anything right or wrong and hopefully we can talk soon all right have a great one bye